Be still. For the presence of the Lord, the Holy One is here. Come bow before him now in reverence and fear. In him, no sin is found. We stand on holy ground. Be still, for the presence of the Lord, the Holy One, is here. Our reading is Mark chapter 6, verses 1 to 13, and I'm reading from the Good News Bible. Jesus is rejected at Nazareth. Jesus left that place and went back to his hometown, followed by his disciples. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many people were there, and when they heard him, they were all amazed. Where did he get all this, they asked. What wisdom is this that has been given him? How does he perform miracles? Isn't he the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters living here? And so they rejected him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is respected everywhere, except in his own hometown, and by his relatives and his family. He was not able to perform any miracles there, except that he placed his hands on a few sick people, and healed them. He was greatly surprised because the people did not have faith. Jesus sends out the 12 disciples. Then Jesus went to the villages around there, teaching the people. He called the 12 disciples together and sent them out two by two. He gave them authority over the evil spirits and ordered them, don't take anything with you on your journey except a stick. No bread, no beggar's bag, no money in your pocket. Wear sandals, but don't carry an extra shirt. He also said, wherever you are welcomed, stay in the same house until you leave that place. If you come to a town where people do not welcome you or will not listen to you, leave it and shake the dust off your feet. That will be a warning to them. So they went out and preached that people should turn away from their sins. They drove out many demons and rubbed olive oil on many sick people and healed them. Our second reading is also from Mark's Gospel, from chapter 4, verse 35 to 41 and I'm reading from the new international version of the Bible. Jesus calms the storm. That day when evening came he said to his disciples let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with them. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. 
the disciples woke him and they said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Today is the day when we celebrate Sea Sunday and the mission to seafarers. It's always held on the second Sunday in July. And as I'm a water baby and I love the sea, and I do miss living near Dor in Dawlish, I have to say, and watching the waves crash over the railway line, I thought that it was appropriate for me to use this service to celebrate what the mission to seafarers really does and how much they are needed. Well, the mission to seafarers was founded in 1836 when the Reverend John Ashley from Bristol realized what can appalling conditions some of the sailors were facing at sea. So he set up the Bristol Channel Mission. And from then on, the charity has pledged to improve conditions for all at sea. This year, the charity asks that we focus on the theme of abandonment. COVID has meant that so many seafarers have had undue and extra pressures. They've been stuck on boats far from their homes in foreign ports. And this ties in with the reading of Jesus being rejected and abandoned by the people he thought would love him and would accept him for what, who he was. He was abandoned and rejected by the people in his hometown. They simply couldn't understand how this boy that they'd grown up with could now be so different. What had that boy become? Who was that man? Wasn't he just the son of Joseph the carpenter? The feeling seemed to be that Jesus had got a bit above himself and his pet behavior was rather beyond the pale and he wasn't worth listening to. Just imagine the effect that that must have had on Jesus. That gentle, loving, spiritual man who only wanted to do his father in heaven's will. And that feeling of abandonment and loneliness that he must have felt is something that we can relate to in this 
awful year that we've just had. And the COVID pandemic has seen so many seafarers abandoned, either at sea in their ships or on land in ports where they're strangers. Many have been far from their families, marooned on their vessels, with no way of getting home. But we sang just now the Navy hymn, and the chorus goes, Oh, hear us when we cry to thee for those in peril on the sea. And this December coming is the 40th anniversary of the Penley lifeboat tragedy. I expect those of you who live, who have always lived in the Southwest will remember it. It really was an awful time. And it was a time when the eight crew of those going out to help lost their lives, and the crew of eight on the cargo ship also lost their lives. And here in the Southwest, we're never far from the sea. It's very easy to get there. We're a, we're a, a county of rivers that lead down to the sea. And I'm sure some of you will also know a seafarer or somebody who works around the sea or who works to help those working on the sea. Now, we get moved to the disciples whose lives were also involved with the sea. They spent most of their time fishing and on the water, mending their fishing lines and their fishing nets. It was hard work. It was hard work and squalls on the Sea of Galilee are notoriously sudden. So the disciples calmly followed Jesus onto the boat, little thinking what might be in store for them. And when the storm raged and the waves lashed the boat, they were terrified. And it's this sort of situation where people feel out of control that I always think of when I hear those words of Father strong to save those in peril on the waves. And that is what the seafarer's mission is for, protecting the men at sea, in all conditions and all situations. And over the years, they've done a huge amount to improve conditions. Now the mission has far reaching effects all over the world. And as I've been doing my research, I've become more and more impressed with the work that they do. This charity started by a vicar in Bristol, now reaches all over the world and ministers to seafarers of all nationalities, all religions, all colors, 
and I and I am just so impressed that somebody cares for them. And of course, there are different sorts of vessels on our seas. There are vessels that bring us our food, vessels that bring us all the goods that we feel we really, really need. And there are cruise ships taking people on rather special holidays. And the mission cares for all the people working in every type of ship. Not only do they care for the folk on board, but they of course care for the families on land who spend a lot of time wondering and waiting. These days, sailors have mobile phones that will reach far and wide, we have internet. So on the whole, they are in contact with their families. But it's interesting that some of those men that work on the ships, particularly from the Philippines, not only support themselves and their close families, but many, many other families. So this during this pandemic, when they've not been working, the effects have moved out to their extended families. During the past 18 months or so, when the world has been experienced into lockdown, we've experienced isolation, we've experienced separation from our families. Initially, we all started panic buying. And this led to all sorts of other deprivations. And the mission found that they had to move up a gear. And I remember when I initially saw all the cruise ships in Torbay and Tynmouth Harbours, I thought, oh, aren't they beautiful? Aren't they lovely? How wonderful to be sitting out there on the sea. And then, of course, I remembered that the Peter's crew on board had no way of getting off. They were marooned on those ships. They were truly abandoned, many of them continents away from their families. And the son of a dear friend of mine was playing in a tribute band on a cruise ship off Mexico when the rest of the world went down into lockdown. And it was a very stressful time wondering if Dan would be ever able to come home. Fortunately, he got a seat on the last plane out of Mexico. We sang for those in peril on the sea and the disciples were absolutely dismayed that Jesus was sleeping through the storm. They surely felt that he'd abandoned them. And how often do we abandon people because we just assume they can cope? in times of distress and worry. But the good news is, 
that God will never abandon us. He is there for us at all times and in whatever situation we find ourselves. I'm going to read you some words from, of Jesus. It's John chapter 14 and verse 27. He said to the disciples, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Those are words of such great comfort. And Paul uses much the same expressions of comfort when he says in his letter to the Philippians, chapter four and verses six and seven, do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. I've talked a lot about the great work that the Mission to Seafarers does in supporting so many who find themselves in difficult circumstances. And today is also the Sunday when we remember and celebrate the work of the chari charity Action for Children, very much a Methodist charity. Their catchy phrase for this year is, every child has a right to live, to be safe and to be loved. And that is rightly so. But I would also add that no child should ever feel abandoned. God never abandons us, though sometimes it, I personally have felt that I have been abandoned, though I know it's me that's doing the abandoning. We have so much to thank God for. He will never abandon us. There are people who work for charities supporting the vulnerable. And I'd like to end by reading a poem I wrote at a time when I'd been feeling thoroughly abandoned and I was feeling very vulnerable. So please bear with me. Reading it over again, ready for this morning. I actually think the words I wrote are full of hope. This is what I wrote and it, I called it age. I was feeling quite miserable at the time. Yesterday, I walked in youth, but now I see the tunnel from both ends. All that is past and all that is to come, the memories come flooding in across the years, the steps, the deeds, the way I was, and now the way is bright and lit with joy a vision what is to come. 
scaling the rigging in a tall ship race, watching the whales in icy waters. In old age, there is nothing I cannot do. My mind's eye takes me to worlds I never knew in days gone by. I watch my children as they age. How can this be that they too now are old? Does they see the tunnel and remember days when I was young and joined their games? Forever young my mind will be, though body and organs start to fail. The skin that once was smooth and firm now hangs in folds and loops and curls. My inner soul is still the same as in my youth, now ripened by the years gone by and offering seed for years to come. No, God will never abandon us. Great is my 
content in this podcast is adapted from recorded Zoom services held by Teambridge Methodist Circuit Coastal Section. Full videos can be viewed on their YouTube channel. Music is taken from worship audio tracks, all rights reserved. <laughs>